Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. How many of you heard Pastor Don Norman speak last week? He spoke on next steps. Some of the great classes and foundation teachings we have in this church. How many of you have been to next steps for our growth track? Raise your hand and wave at me. Oh, there's a whole bunch of you got some exciting things ahead of you. But I'm going to entitle this message Beyond Next Steps. Three steps you can take that will change your life and the lives of those you loved. I'm going to examine three lies from Scripture very briefly. A senior citizen, convicted felon who'd been on the lam for 40 years. A broken woman considered to be a harlot by her city, married five times, now living with a man. The third, a young intellectual from one of the finest families in his country. Some would have considered him the brightest genius in his country. Arrogant, hard, religious, a murderer, blood already on his hands. They each took a step that changed their lives and the lives of those around them. He was 80 years old. How many of you know when most people don't get fresh starts at 80? Raise your hand. He was part of an ethnicity that had been enslaved over 400 years. When they began to multiply, the country they were in decided to commit mass infanticide and slaughtered every baby boy, baby to two. Slaughtered them by the thousands. He grew up in a country where there were lots of alligators, just kind of like Louisiana. Mama got so desperate, she made a basket and he told little sister, I'm going to float him down in that river with them alligators and we'll, we'll just see what God does. She'd been arrested for that today. He floated down the river into the arms of the daughter of the man murdering them all. She raised him as a son. Ripped him away from his own people, but his mother nursed him. He was the great hope of his new country. The Bible said he was mighty in word and deed. Invincible. Commander of the armies. Forty. He remembered who he was. His ministry was short-lived and did not start very well. He murdered a man the second day of his pastorate. Fled for his life into the desert. Forty years has gone by. 
He's broke, has a couple kids. He's now a shepherd, which to the Egyptians who raised him is Moses. That was the most reprehensible job you could have, sheep herding. He's wandering in the wilderness when our story opens. Broke, no future, 80. Criminal record. It'll never be expunged other than a miracle. And God's about ready to give him a fresh start. Some of you could use a fresh start. Maybe you're 20, you're 30, you're 40, you're 50. The Bible said he was keeping in Exodus 3.1 the flock of his father-in-law Jethro the priest. He was deep in the wilderness. No hope, no answer. He's now kind of stuttering. He's lost his ability to speak. Literally no. He would change the history of the world. The Bible said he was going in circles around a mountain called Horeb. That was Mount Sinai where we would later get the Ten Commandments. And many times the very wilderness we're wandering in is the very place God will use us when he transforms us. He's going in circles. Feel that way ever? He noticed a bush, a fire. Well, it's so hot there. I've been in that desert. So has Pastor Jacob. Makes Louisiana look like the North Pole. 110, 115, brutal heat. So hot that bushes will just burst into fire. But after a while, they finally noticed, hmm, that same bush been burning all week. How many of you know bushes don't burn a week? What's, what, and God was in that bush saying to him, if I get a hold of you, there's an indestructible life that will come into you at 80. The old boy didn't die to 120. Said he was as strong as a young man with perfect vision when he went. He turned aside. When he turned aside, God spoke. God will not speak, normally do you turn aside. You turned aside to church. You turned aside to the word. You turned aside to the Bible. Moses, yes, Lord. Don't come close yet. I'm altogether different than you. Take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. He's 80 years old. Face buried in the burning sand of the desert. And to make it worse, under a giant bush on fire. I'm not going to read all the verses to save time. I said, I've seen every bit of your pain, all your suffering. I know your ethnicity. They tried to exterminate them. I know what the taskmasters in Egypt have done. He's probably crying by now. He says, I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to deliver you. He's going, oh my. I'm going to rescue all your people. In fact, 
I'm going to change your whole life. Bring you into the promised land. He said, my God, this is the greatest message I've ever heard. God says, oh, I forgot. One little condition. I'm going to send you. Your choice to follow me. Your choice to go will change your life in the life of millions. You are not saved just to be saved. You weren't saved just to go to heaven. If God just wanted to take you to heaven, he'd he'd have killed you after you were saved. Why did he leave you down here in this miserable planet? Why? Why not just save you and take you right to heaven? How many of you know there are days we all wish that was the case? Why did he leave you? Because he has something for you to do. Jacob grew up in a bar, shattered, broken. Why did he take him out of the bar? Just to take him to heaven? He didn't ever pick Jacob. He took him out of the bar to bring heaven to you. Will you go into your purpose? You'll find it in church. Will you go? Don't waste your salvation by living for yourself. There's no power in it. There's no joy in it. You're here for a reason. And until you walk in it, you'll never know the joy of your purpose. No matter what your career is, its highest purpose is to keep you alive to do God's will. Second, she was broken. No one would have picked her. You would have ignored her. Oh, she had been beautiful at one point. Her beauty was fading now. You ever see a human who's kind of lived off their physical attraction and what happens to them when that goes? Handsome man, beautiful woman. As a girl, every boy wanted to marry her. Now she was despised. She had to be beautiful. Five different men had married her. Now she's living with a man, withering in her soul. Hated herself. A pariah in her village. Shamed all the time. No friends. They mocked her. Called her a harlot. No one had ever taken time to listen to her story. Her abuse and her pain. She was a Samaritan. Samaritan. 
the greatest enemies of the Jews. Hated them. When the Jews had been ethnically cleansed and wiped out 700 years before, the Samaritans were sent to live there. Jesus was tired that day. Disciples were all mad because instead of going the long way around wicked Samaria, he had, he had decided, I'm going to go right through Samaria. Came to a well that was really famous. Heard the Holy Spirit say, stop and wait here. In fact, he told us, I have to go through Samaria. I mean, would God interrupt the life of his son for one broken woman? What might this God do for you if you'd listen finally? This God who stopped everything, told the disciples, go eat lunch. You want a lamb kebab? Want some tabbouleh? I got food you don't leave me alone. Sat there in the heat. You don't like to wait on God. Many of you don't. I know. It's hard. He sure waited a long time on you. He saw you before you were born. Knew every way you'd sin against him. You realize he's waited thousands of years for some of you. He's waited since the dawn of creation. He saw a seed on the cross. It was the heat of the day. She came alone. No woman ever got water in the heat of the day but she'd have been scorned, maybe stoned, furtive, looking around. You can't hide anything from Jesus. He looked into her brokenness, her pain, knew just how many husbands she'd had, who she was living with, saw the terrible abuse in three of those marriages, knew the pain as a little girl, but he was really out of character that day. You'd think he's going to get up, give her water, touch her. He goes, woman, give me a drink. Why would Jesus ask this broken woman who hated men and hated Jews for a drink? It's because he was getting ready to make her in to a drink. The woman with the well was soon going to have a well. She, she goes, how dare you speak to me? Jewish men do not speak to Samaritan women. She may have been broken, but she hated Jewish men, didn't like men much after all the men she'd known. How dare you? What is this religion you're going to put on me? Jesus smiled. He said, woman, if you knew who I was and the gift 
offering you, you would beg me for a drink. Pastor Jacob and I have both been preaching 50 years. I myself have been saved 60. We're still getting to know this Jesus. Do you know his love for you? Last couple I prayed for, I was so happy to pray for because Jesus loved them so much. Do you know the gift you were given at salvation? I'm still figuring it out. He said, if you knew the gift that I'm offering you. She said, are you greater than our father Jacob who made this well? He said, listen to me. You can drink of this earthly well, but you'll always be thirsty. You can drink from the well of money, the well of beauty, the well of talent, the well of success. You'll be dying of thirst still. But he said, if you drink from my well, you'll never be thirsty again. She said, give me, give me this water that I might never thirst again. He said, woman, listen to me. If you drink, you won't be thirsty because I'm going to create a well on the inside of you. Not only will you not be need a drink, you'll be a drink and others will drink from you. Pastor, are you telling me that God can open a well in my broken heart? Yes, I am. Pastor, are you telling me today that Jesus will open a well of life and peace and joy? Yes, how's it work? We first need to define this word, drink. As we go through this chapter, we find it synonymous with the word worship. This is if you worship me as Savior and Lord, but if you worship me, if you sing, if you praise, if you pray, if you cry out, I'll open a well in you. What's that mean? Your relationship with God was severed at the fall. Something died in you. But when you trusted Christ, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. He reconnected you to the Godhead. That means all the peace and life and joy and grace and strength in the Godhead can flow right into you. That's why when they told me my wife had brain cancer and all these things they told me and I was driving home with me and my kids trying to worry, peace suffocated my worry as I prayed. You say, how's this work, Pastor Jim? When you came to Christ, you were connected to the life of the Holy Trinity. Well, Pastor Jim, where is it? How do I turn the faucet on? 
How do I flip the switch? How many of you feel better when you come to church sitting? Raise your hand. You feel God here. He's so great. How many by Tuesday you don't feel the same way? Raise your other hand. Huh. Like, is this like a magic building? Surely it must be. How many of you know if this became a Walmart, you wouldn't feel so good coming here? The building doesn't make you feel better. What makes you feel better is you worship, you pray, you hear the word, you fellowship, you listen to God, maybe you confess the word, you sing it. We're not, we don't exist to be a well at our saviors, we exist to make you into one. Could it be if you did a few of those things on Tuesday, you might feel better? Could it be on Wednesday, if you were singing in your home and worshiping and confessing the Bible and reading it, you'd have more peace and joy? Old Joe, Jacob was teasing me. I was singing. I'm a real ugly singer. He goes, my goodness, maybe you should be on the worship team. <laughs> well, you'd exit the building. But I sing every morning. I confess the word every morning. I pray every morning. I read my Bible. Why? It opens the well. Will you drink? Will you drink every day? If you do, you'll be transformed. Last point. I'm going to make it real quick. You can read about him in Acts 9. Leading intellectual in his country. Arrogant. On the way to wipe out a church in a place called Damascus. You know the story, his name was Saul. His salvation was so dramatic. Maybe the most dramatic conversion in the New Testament. On the way, religious, angry, just to wipe out some more Christians. All of a sudden, a blinding light comes from heaven. He's knocked to the ground. I mean, that's fairly serious. Jesus appears. Saul, Saul. Yes, Lord. Why are you persecuting me? Ooh, what do you mean? Every time you persecute my people, you persecute me. No one in the crowd understood a thing. He's stone blind. Whoa, what should I do next? Go to the Damascus church. Do what they say. I got saved. Yeah, you're still blind some too. He got down to Damascus. No one, no one in the church wanted to visit him. No one wanted to invite him. They all hiding from him. He's sitting blind three days. An old boy named Ananias in the church. He worked in the parking lot most Sundays. One elder, one a deacon, never preached. Worked in the parking lot. 
Sometimes he passed out bulletins. Ananias, yes, Lord. Heard about Saul. Yes, I'm hiding from Saul. Go tell him what to do. Go baptize him, heal him, and tell him his whole future. No, thank you, Lord. Took him three days. The rest is history. Who's your Ananias? Who do you listen to? What member of Christ's body can speak to you? Jesus has a family. You need it. Jacob has a pastor. I have a pastor. Five foot three on a good day. He saved me more times than I can count. The one song I could never sing very well is You're All I Need. You know what? Jesus isn't all I need. He's got a family. And I need them too. Who do you listen to? Who pastors you? Who do you trust? Join me, Pastor Jacob. Will you go? Will you drink? Will you obey? You say today, Pastor, I want all God wants for me. I want to go into my destiny. I want to drink from the wells of God. I want to be close. Raise your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you. Oh, I love my family here. Let them go. Let them drink. Let them obey.